Hello, this is Joe Jakevich, and I'm back. Welcome to the Story Lanes podcast, the podcast where I tell the story of how I'm making an independent feature film while I'm making it. I've been away for a while, busy with other things. I was in a play. My daughter got married. I've been living a life while trying to survive this god-awful, never-ending pandemic. But throughout it all, I've been moving forward on producing Smart House, an independent horror feature film. And now I'm back to making this podcast, the podcast where I'm going to discuss the entire experience and all the things I learned. But as seems appropriate, let's start out by reviewing the story of the film so far. Over the last few months, I've done a lot and learned a lot about producing a film, and I'll be diving into that in detail in episodes of this podcast. But let me start off by summarizing where I am now. First off, the movie that I'm producing is called Smart House. It's the story of a cantankerous feminist tech podcaster who is making a podcast about living in a smart tech home. But there's a problem. The house is haunted. Or so it seems, because all that smart home technology is controlled by a hacker. It's as if your worst enemy in the world controlled your Alexa. So what's new in the world of Smart House? Well, I'm glad you asked. First off, the Smart House team has grown. I've welcomed aboard Tracy Palmer Wood. She's going to be doing a number of things on the film. Most importantly, Tracy is taking over our fundraising operations. As I'm sure you know, making a movie isn't cheap. We're looking into a number of ways of financing it, and Tracy is leading the way. In movie terms, that makes her the executive producer. So yay, Smart House now has an executive producer. Tracy is also a producer on the film, and she's going to be an editor. Yes, there's a difference between a producer and an executive producer. At some point, I'll do an episode about all the different kinds of producers there are. For now, just take my word for it. I'll have Tracy on a future episode of the podcast so you'll get a chance to meet her. She'll talk about the things we're doing to raise money and she'll give some of her perspectives on this movie-making effort. It should be fun. Next, another big piece of news. The screenplay for Smart House was a quarter-finalist in the Nichols Fellowship Screenplay Competition, which is kind of a big deal. There's a lot of screenplay competitions out there. I've entered several, placed various scripts at different levels in various competitions. But Nichols is the biggest of them all. It's run by the Motion Picture Academy. Yes, that Academy, the one that gives the Academy Awards. And Nichols is the one screenplay competition that even people who don't believe in screenplay competitions say is worthwhile. Screenwriting careers have been launched by Nichols. Now, I don't know that many careers have been launched by being a quarter-finalist in Nichols. And while I had one manager reach out to me after my placement asking to read the script, it didn't come to anything. But being a quarter-finalist means that Smart House placed in the top 4% of scripts entered. So it's a real validation. It's a sign that I'm barking up the right tree. And believe me, validation is important. When you write something, you spend a lot of time alone in a room typing in words. And you never really know how good they are, not until you show them to someone else. I've talked about feedback here and how important it is to get some validation in someone else's opinion of your writing. Well... Earning a placement in a contest is one kind of validation, and even if it doesn't lead directly to a sale or a career, it provides a little burst of energy to keep you writing, keep you working. So I want to thank the Academy for giving me this little bit of validation. Now validation leads me to the main topic of this episode, because another thing that happened recently is that I had a Zoom table read of the script, and that had all sorts of value, including validation. 
I highly recommend doing a table read for anyone who is writing a script, and especially if you have plans to produce it. So what do I mean by a table read? In a table read, you get together a group of actors to read the script aloud, and you get together an audience to listen to them do it. The term table read comes from the first reading of a script when getting ready to make a movie or TV show or play. You get actors to sit around the table and read it through. Now, you don't need an actual table. The key point is that it's a reading of the script. There's no action, no walking around, just actors reading lines of dialogue and stage directions. So what's the value in that? Well, there's many. First off, you learn a lot from hearing your script performed. You can feel when things are getting too slow. Awkward dialogue just jumps out at you. You can tell if the ending works or is a letdown. Hearing your script out loud provides huge value. Now there's lots of ways you can get that out loud reading. You can read it yourself, and you really should. In fact, consider recording yourself reading it aloud so you can listen to it later. And if you can, definitely read it to someone else. You learn so much from reading it out loud, which phrases flow and which stick in your mouth and just don't sound right. Or you can have a writer's group read parts of it. That has value too. But overall, I find that I get the most value from hearing skilled actors read the entire script. Because not only do you get the other benefits, often skilled actors will find things in the script that you don't even know are there. Take Smart House as an example. There's a scene in the film where the protagonist flees the house only to be forced back when the car she is driving is hacked and it returns to the house. As the car pulls into the driveway, the AI assistant says, Welcome back, Jax. It's good to have you home again. Now that may not have been obvious from listening to it cold, but in the context of the entire script, that line came across as really creepy. And I wrote that line, and I did not realize that that would be the case. I'm not sure if that's going to make me change the line, but it's certainly going to affect how I direct it. And it's going to make me look for other places in the script where I can get a similar result. Yes, hearing someone else perform your script can help you identify things that are in it that you didn't realize are there. And those may be things that you want to use, that you want to make bigger. That's got a lot of value. So where do you get these actors? Well, in my case, I know a lot of actors. I've been in plays with actors. I've had actors play parts in my short films. I've got actor friends. I've got actors that were in things produced by other people that I know, things that I worked on. I even had my daughter read a part, so I suppose if all else fails and you can't find actors, you can just make your own. But if you really don't know any actors, they're not too hard to find. Look to your local theater community. Reach out to the drama department of a local college. Find a community theater troupe and see if they can help you find people. Find a local actor community. There's some good websites in my area to help match actors and productions. I'm sure there are some in yours as well. And remember, actors like acting. They enjoy the experience of reading something new, playing a new part. Sure, they're doing you a favor, and you should be grateful for that. But you're asking them to do something they love. It should be a win-win for everyone. But one big word of advice here. Make sure you let your actors know what they're getting into before they make a commitment. How much time it will take. Whether you will pay them, that's an important one. Some actors don't want to work for free. Others are happy to do so for the pure joy of performing. The key is communication. There should be no unpleasant surprises for anyone.
And a few other notes. It's okay to have actors play multiple parts. In fact, it's probably going to be necessary unless you've got an unusually small cast. You'll also need a narrator to read the action lines in the script. That's important. If you've written a typical screenplay, chances are there's going to be a lot of narration. Your narrator may be reading more than any other actor. For the Smart House read-through, I used two narrators and split the scenes between them. That also helped because I have a bunch of bit parts that each have only a line or two, and I could split them between the narrators as well. That worked well, but it could also work to have only one narrator. But be sure you warn your narrator there's going to be a lot to read. I've had table reads where the sole narrator seemed surprised at just how much she had to read. She had a theater background, and plays tend to have a lot less action lines than screenplays. So once again, communication is key. If you do have two narrators, make sure you prepare an annotated script that clearly identifies who will be reading which blocks of narration. I mark the different narrators' parts in different colors, but you can use whatever works for you and your actors. So, back to the value of the reading. You get to hear skilled actors reading your script, which is quite useful and just an absolute delight. Hearing someone else read my words always makes them seem a little more real. The first time I wrote something and I got to hear actors reading it aloud, I was thrilled. I still find it exciting every time. Everyone who writes a script should have this experience. But another huge value of a table read is getting an audience's reaction. Typically, when doing a table read focused on one script, at the end of the reading you get audience feedback. That can be incredibly valuable. You can find out what worked, what needs more work. You can find out if something confuses people, see what they do and don't believe. Basically, you're looking for all those things that we talked about in the feedback episode of this podcast, only now you're getting them from an audience, not from the other sources of feedback. Now, I recommend preparing carefully for this feedback session. First off, I recommend finding someone else to moderate it. I think people will be more willing to be honest if they are not talking directly to the author. And having a moderator will also let you just sit back and absorb the feedback to focus entirely on what they are saying. It also removes any temptation you might have to explain or argue, and you really shouldn't get into a debate over what the audience feels. It's not important that you convince them. It's important that you understand what they got from the script. You can do what you want with that information later. Now, I had a good friend who is also a screenwriter moderate my feedback session. I gave her a series of questions, but also gave her the freedom to take things in a different direction if it felt right. She did a terrific job. I just sat there, camera and mic off, and took notes. The audience and actors gave great feedback. I came away with about 14 pages of detailed notes after an hour-long session. Things that worked, things that needed more attention. Now note that I said the audience and actors. Definitely include the actors in the feedback session. An actor learns a lot about a character when performing the part. You need to know what they learned. Experienced actors may also be able to tell things about the script that regular audience members don't, so definitely ask your actors for feedback. Now in the case of my reading, I'm happy to report that the audience really seemed to like the script. Sure, there were issues, things that need work, but overall they were quite complimentary. Which, of course, was validation, a huge amount of validation, and it felt good. You know, it's hard to keep pushing the rock up the hill to keep working hard to make this movie. Every bit of validation helps. 
the read-through left me thinking that maybe it is a good idea that I make this film. Now, in this case, the things that need work are tweaks. I'm not going to have to do any major surgery to the screenplay. I can't tell you what a relief that is. So yeah, in every possible way, this read-through was an absolute delight. Now, one other big question on your table read. To zoom or not to zoom? Now, I have had both a live table read where everybody gathered at a theater and listened to the actors sitting up on stage, or I've also had zoom table reads. This time around, it was a zoom table read. And note, there's pluses and minuses to each approach. When you're sitting in the audience of an in-person table read, you can feel how the audience reacts to the piece. You can sense when they're engaged, feel when they're zoning out. And of course, if there's any jokes, you can hear the laughter. Or the lack of laughter. All incredibly valuable information. On the other hand, it's probably going to be easier to get people to participate in a Zoom read. And people means both actors and audiences. In my audience, I had a daughter and sister who both lived several hundred miles away. They wouldn't have been able to come to an in-person reading. And if it's an online read, it's going to be easier to record. All you have to do is hit the Zoom record button. I recorded the reading. I plan to listen to it again, possibly use it in other ways. I was able to share it with family members who couldn't make the reading. And I've got the feedback session recorded to listen to later, both in case I miss something, but also to get a little more of that validation. Plus, of course, if you happen to be doing this during a global pandemic, Zoom is a lot safer. So I don't think there is one perfect answer. I've had both in-person and Zoom table reads. They are both valuable. Do whatever works for you. One last important thing that I did after the read was write thank you notes to everyone who helped. That meant all the actors and my moderator. I firmly believe you should always thank people who contribute to your projects. I always try to do that when I make a short film. And I certainly did it for the read-through. So I wrote a personalized email to each person involved, calling out something in their performance that I particularly liked. And quite aside from the fact that it's the right thing to do, it feels good to express gratitude, to appreciate the people who help you make your vision a reality. And it makes people more likely to want to help you the next time you have a vision that needs their help. So, let's review my recommendations for a table read. First, do a table read in front of an audience. Easy enough. Second, give some thought to whether you want the read to be in person or over the net. The strengths and weaknesses to each approach, but you'll have to pick one. Third, find actors from your local theater community. Be sure to communicate fully what you expect from them and what they'll get in return. If you're not going to pay them, tell them before they make a commitment. Fourth, get someone else to moderate a feedback session. You should just be listening and taking notes at this time. Don't argue with the audience. If they don't understand your great vision, well, that's on you. You shouldn't be trying to explain it to them. Not now. And fifth and final, make sure you thank everyone involved. And for the people who actually worked on it, the actors and the moderator, Make sure you thank them individually. So that's Table Reads, and that's where we are right now. I have confidence in the script, thanks to the positive feedback and contest placement, but I also have a list of things that need improving. I've started putting together the team that will make this happen. I've spent a lot of time putting together a budget to figure out just how much money we need to raise, and I've started podcasting again.
I'm not sure how often I'll be putting out episodes. There's a lot of work to do to make this movie, and a lot of work to make these episodes. But I'm going to aim for at least one episode a month, maybe more. But I am back, and I'm making real progress in making the movie. So come along for the ride. As always, check us out at Storylanes.com, where you'll find the script of this episode, along with links to all the past episodes. Until then, this is Joe Jakevich for the Storylanes podcast. Talk to you later, and hopefully this time, it won't be quite as much later as it was last time. <laughs>